West Limerick 102. The following is the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 15th of January 2019 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. As this is a County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Welcome listeners, it's Wednesday evening, you're tuned to West Limerick 1 or 2 County Views and not such a bad evening really, it's for January it's indeed it's nice pleasant and so far I'm joined by two gentlemen, Richard O'Donoghue and... Uh, former Fianna Fáil man, of course, and a county councillor as well, and up near the top of the poll there in the last local council election. Uh, and uh, what's wrong here? Also, I'm joined by former Fianna Gael councillor, indeed. I seem to be joined by former people tonight, and that is Jerome Scanlon. And hopefully Tom Ryan is on his way, probably to traffic. Might have a cow calving. <laughs> You're both very welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Now, last week I started off the programme, and Tom, of course, is just... You're very welcome, Tom, very welcome. And last week I started off the programme about... It is my... My attitude or my shock at the amount of murders in Ireland in recent years and uh, being a man over 70 years of age back in my young days in the 50s especially when we had maybe about one or uh, single figures anywhere murders per year whereas now it's um, gone record record numbers people getting murdered and it seems to be taken for granted as Eamon Kelly used to say in my father's time they were able to name everybody that was murdered in the previous 10 to 20 years. I could literally name them off myself. Now we, uh, it is safe to say that if I asked any of the three gentlemen, could they name anyone that was murdered even in December, I'm sure they wouldn't even be able to name them. It's so common. But of course, the shocking part that has recently uh, seems to be developing in, in Ireland is the fact that bodies have been humiliated. Tom, you remember I took off in a rant last week about the man in court. There was bits and pieces from everywhere. And this week, it's, it's got worse. It is shocking, this week's news, Tom. Oh, it is shocking, Pastor. There's no doubt about that. We're, we're in serious times at the moment. And, uh, you know, of all the, the, the items, I suppose, we've discussed on, on the programme since the programme was initiated, like, I suppose, crime and the actual violence that is, is in society now on a regular basis has been, I suppose, number one outside of other issues. But, you know, I mean, this week's and this... I mean, today's and yesterday's, I mean, findings like uh, are unbelievable out here, where we had our national broadcaster today telling us that a 17-year-old youth was a, a leading um, a leading crime figure in the in the Drada and in North Dublin area. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like, I haven't had to discuss in any of the any of the political programs that we've had. We've had a lot of, we've had, you know, the election coming up now, election being called, and even prior to the election, we actually said on this programme on numerous occasions, and, you know, all the contributors really are shocked 
that nobody in the doll has ever stood up and said, look, is there a way around this or what's going to happen? Only they have all participated, you know, our guardie at the top and our, minister, our successive Minister for Justice and our successive Temptations have stood by and watched the crime develop all over the country, down to every village and crossroads. And, you know, it's time now to stop and to say and, and have a look and blame the people who are in charge and who should be in charge of this serious situation. Now, listeners, you're tuned to Westland Mick 102 on this Wednesday night, and this program is going out live from now until 11 o'clock. And if you want to call in 0696600, or text 087-166-9800. That's 087-166-9800. And Jason Smith is out there ready, willing, and waiting for your calls. And I'm joined here by Jerome Scanlon, County Councillor. Councillor Richard O'Donoghue and Tom Ryan, a man of tremendous knowledge. Richard, I've, uh, you've been here with us a few times before, and I've seen a piece with you in the Limerick Leader and on the papers there some time back as well. I think you called a special meeting about crime and robberies, which are equally rampant, and they're also taken for granted too much so. Yeah, crimes in rural areas are increasing all the time. The, the people that are doing these crimes have got all the equipment now that they can see when there's people coming. Um, they have watchouts. They can see everything now and they have full connectivity. When the guards are coming, they know it. We do not have the guards on the ground or the technology in our force in rural areas to combat this. Um, all the investment seems to be going into the larger cities um, and they're not coming to Limerick. We need a bigger force in Limerick. We need better equipment. We need better cars. And we need more people on the street um, in our areas. And the biggest thing that we're losing out on is we haven't got people that have the knowledge of our areas. We have some Gardaí that have been deployed down here. They don't know our areas. They don't know the people within our areas. And it's very hard to combat crime if you don't know where you're going and who you're talking to. So we need more Gardaí, we need more equipment, and we need more specialised equipment to catch people like this. Jerome, over the past 50 years, when I came to town 50-odd years ago in Newcastle West, all the Gardaí were living in the town. Correct. We knew them all, we knew their families, and they knew us. Nowadays, I literally almost don't know any guard in Newcastle West. I know one because they're kind of a family friend with her. Otherwise, basically, I don't know when them through the, the Gardaí that, li- that I know who live in Newcastle West are probably attached to Henry Street in Limerick. They're not based yeah. here. Now, I, I quoted a man here last uh, Monday night. There's a man I was speaking to, and he said that there was some man in Abbey Field uh, the, the previous few nights or weeks with no shoes on. I witnessed that. I was there yeah. for that performance. So you might repeat it more accurately than I repeated it last week, which gives the listeners and the two lads here an idea of the state of the, of the law and order or the number of guarantees they can implement it in this part of Limerick. I happened to be in Abbeyfield just past eight o'clock and I exited from Tesco. There was traffic sitting in front of me. There wasn't a great deal of traffic activity, but there were about seven cars sitting on the N21 <coughs> waiting to go 
eastward towards Newcastle West. And after a while, I wondered what was going on, got out of the car, and I saw a, a respectable-looking youngish guy, mid-twenties, seemed to be in discussion with the driver of the car out in front. Maybe five to seven minutes passed, and the cars moved, and then they stopped again. And then I noticed the car in front of me uh, had stopped, but this guy, the same chap, had sat on the white line in the middle of the N21. Feet crossed in a Buddhist type of posture. Shoeless. Shoeless, exactly. Eventually that car got passed, and I made it my business to pass as well. But I rang the Garda station in here in Newcastle West. It's now probably 16, 17 minutes past eight, to be told the nearest Garda was in Rathkeel. Okay? And I said, we're quite near Listowel here. What about Listowel? No, there was nobody available from Listowel either. Or Abbeyfield, you're outside well, the station. Abbeyfield, there was no guard in Abbeyfield. The station was closed. While I was undertaking that chore, I noticed that the vehicle behind me was a massive Arctic. But your man had got into the same position in front of the Arctic. So now the Arctic and the tailback are there, and the guy in the Arctic is hooting his horn. After a while, your man got up, and he jumped like a flea upon the hub of the, or the bonnet of the front of this particular vehicle. Then he swung off the wing, wing, wing mirror for and didn't get off it for what seemed like two or three minutes. Green bus came the other direction, couldn't get through because of this individual swinging around at midair, and no control over anything. Your man got off, eventually got off, looked as though he was ine- very badly inebriated. I, I moved on up towards, there's a Roma restaurant up there because the guy from Roma had come out onto the street and there was another man there. place was quiet, but we went indoors because we didn't know what was likely to happen next. But he passed us and then he came back. Then he took off like a gazelle, running at the speed of light almost. So that chap was on. Needless to say, it wasn't drink. He was on something that made him high. That performance went on until five to nine. I went away. Now, in the course of all of this, I had a call from, and everybody knows Marion Hartnett, who happened to be further up towards the, beyond the old convent, the beyond Dunnett's well, shop. Yeah. And she had phoned the guards at five past eight, which was about 10 minutes prior to my call, uh, and no success. Marion went home because I think the hunger was getting to her at around nine o'clock or so, she said. And I don't know what happened after that. I didn't hear. Now, Richard, I don't know how you're in the policing department <coughs> or you're in the council or all kinds of whatever departments you have made. So that's kind of beyond belief. It goes back to what I just said. <laughs> they haven't got the resources of the police here. I was at a JPC meeting. What's that? At the Joint Policing Committee meeting that the council are on. And mm. I'm a member of that. And we meet every uh, every bimonthly. We we meet for meetings. And I said at a meeting there recently that one time you would say you'd hate to see a fellow coming back with a few drinks in him, um, because the, the, you said that one time you're being looked at if you had a lot of drink in you. But if you have a lot of drink in you, you can reason with that person after a while. There is no reasoning to a person that's on drugs. And they're all talking about statistics. The statistics are showing that the drugs are on the way up. And it shows with the people that are being stopped on the roads that drugs are on the way up. And now it's nearly 50-50. And they have unbelievable laws covering for drink laws. And they haven't got the people on the ground to deal with it. 
They haven't got the cars. They haven't got, they haven't got the equipment to deal with what's happening now. Drugs are rampant in this country, and they're rampant in every county all over Ireland, and it's not being combated. We need a special task force to combat this. Tom Ryan, I was talking to a guard lately, and he said if there was, if you're looking at 500 school children, it's safe to say that half of them are on drugs. Now, having listened to the two lads there, especially Jerome's case, which I kind of gave last week, and he gave, it wasn't, it wasn't so serious to be funny. It's outrageous, Tom. It's yeah, unbelievable, well, literally. Yeah. But Patrick, this you, when you uh, look at and and realise that this is this issue didn't come down the line last week. No, this is developing over the past twenty, thirty years, and uh, <coughs> you see, in order to, in order to. For to run the country right, for to, in actual fact, see that its citizens are protected and that our laws are upheld, you need men of vision, you need men that are not looking into the ballot box for the next election and that are prepared to go out there and to say, look, this, this is not going to be tolerated anymore. Now, we're past, long past that sell by date. The, the whole situation is totally and completely out of control. We haven't the management system in the Garda. It's all about NCTs, boom your window. I never saw an NCT killing anyone. You know, or, or obstructing anybody. There's, there's a huge, all the actual, the whole like idea of our garden police force appears to be now on collecting fines and collecting money and taking people into court for NCTs and for and for tax and for things like that, which are important. There's no, I'm not belittling them all, I'm not saying that they're not necessary, but our emphasis should be on protection of the public. I can go back a long time to Limerick City and I can compare actually anybody with that has any bit of sense or common common interests can see that this situation is now totally and completely out of control. There was guns got inside in Limerick yesterday and they they'd only be used outside in the Sahara or out in the safaris long ago for shooting elephants and shooting tigers and shooting lions. It's unbelievable. Um, Dublin is like I mean, Bogota or when they are, is it a place in Mexico where they kill one another? Because every morning you turn up, man shot in Dublin, man shot in Dublin, man shot in Drogheda. Drogheda is only a small, reasonable regional town and has gone out of, totally out of control. All the Midlands, that loan up into Langford, Mullingar, and Cork now is really on fire. So we've lost the battle here. So people have to accept responsibility for this. And who, who are responsible for it are our law enforcers. That's who are responsible, our governments. Con- not the present one alone continuous like go back three or four or five governments and see what's happening they have took the right off the ball they don't care they draw the big pensions and they, they're an absolute disgrace to let a small country like this that was fought and people died for and people suffered for to let it into the into the abyss that we're now in yes, well you see on. part of the difficulty from my point of view and I don't disagree with Tom the breakdown in family values is to a great degree responsible for this and Tom is right we go back 20 years and beyond 
to find the root of this problem. Complicated relationships. <coughs> Families that don't know the, the other half of their brothers and sisters and all of that. We have arrived at this point, and that is very, very serious. And there are youngsters running around doing errands, delivering drugs here, there and the other. Mm-hmm. They're using 9, 10, 11-year-olds, and you refer to the guy in Drogheda. Like, to, at my time, we weren't left outside the door until we were 17 or 18 years of age. And here's this guy, like, who's accountable there? And, there, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for the Garda Force, to be fair to them, because, Tom, they cannot... If they catch somebody with a scruff of the neck, which happened 30 years ago, they're in big trouble. They're behind bars, probably. And there's a case taken against them. There's nobody criticising the guards. It is a system. Yes. The management of the guards, the actual, the, the old political... Uh, system here and the governance of the Gardaí. There's more people watching the girls now from inside um, than there is from outside. I agree. They call it political correctness yeah. gone. In my view, it's it, gone mad. It's, well, it's political correctness gone. Yeah, it didn't have uh, meditate. It's just gone. To, it's just out of control. But it's it's not the girls' fault. I, I I've often said that here in the program as well, Richard. You know, we say we have no Gardaí. I mean, nobody knows the, never the had job more of of a Gardaí every day. So, we have two. We have two of our finest Gardaí up and out shot dead, looking after at one was at, at looking after credit union collection. The other one was a domestic situation. Two men in their prime, two top detectives above him with families, young men, and they're just, oh, is there much about them? They're worried about them. You know, I mean, they're not receiving the protection either. We have our army over in the Golan Heights. Now they're going underground in case there'll be an attack over, and I can't understand why we can't support our Gardaí out on, uh, on the road at night time, not after NCTs or what the, the, the but after the robbers and the gangsters and the, and the crooks that are that are bringing drugs into the country and going around attacking people, as, as Richard says, it's, people are afraid. But why should we go out and vote in a fa- three weeks' time for a government that are not protecting the people? I don't disagree with you at all. The people need to be protected, but the people need, if you like, to help protect themselves as well. And there's an element of fear. People don't report things, Tom, and I see this all of the time, purely and simply because they're afraid of the repercussions and they're afraid of the length of time it's going to take them to give an explanation as to what they saw happen next I door. I agree with you 100%, Jerome. This is all of, in my view, yes. what, what, yeah. what happens to be wrong. I had a lady come to my house facing 11 o'clock last week. Uh, She lives in one of the, what people would refer to as one of the better estates here in town. And this, I brought this up at a a housing workshop inside Limerick last week and again here at a council meeting this morning. Three times she phoned the guards. Now, the guards, in fairness, came down. But obviously, the noise and the, the, the party abated while they were there. They went away. They had to be brought back. And each time they gave them a warning. And all they did as soon as they were gone was come out on the, uh, the road in front of the house and have a good laugh. Yeah, what well, of do course. You do about that, Tom? Yeah, well, that's the social system we're in now. Yes. You know, and we we closed down what pubs in the country, and we moved them into the house in the estates, the parties that are going on all night. And, and if you look, Jerome, it, if if you look at the stats that are there, like in recent years, in recent months, and you know, go back to you, a lot of the murders and the and the rows are all happening. At early in the morning, party parties. houses, house parties, and family members as well. You know, like, I mean, like attack one another. You, and uh, violence of the worst type. The last day or so. Yeah. Now, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, and we're joined by Tom Ryan. 
Councillor Richard O'Donoghue and Councillor Jerome Scanlon. And I suppose at this point in time, I might just say that we had a very... Uh, we lost a wonderful listener and a wonderful fan indeed during the week. It was buried yesterday. So it was Preda Daly of Nakon, wife of George Daly, a wonderful family here in Newcastle West, and a huge, huge funeral, four and a half hours it took to pass through Anthony Radius. Preda was a big fan, as is George, every Wednesday night, and she'd always give me the tea. So that's how I always arrived in just ahead of your time after the tea and the, the buns at Daly's. And so her wonderful unless, brown bread. As well, indeed, yeah, yeah. So, our sincere sympathies there to the Daly family and a wonderful, wonderful lady gone. Green. And may yeah, she rest in peace. I knew the woman just didn't know her well, but I knew her like, you know. And they, the Daly's ran a very, yeah. very, very hospitable pub, well run Shamrock Bar for yeah. many years. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were sorely missed when they decided to retire. And of course, the music yesterday by Michael Collins and company, and more people from Carrasavine playing music. It was something else to listen to in the church as well. Now, uh, <coughs> there was an election called, it's called on a Saturday. Many school teachers are not a bit annoyed over it because they won't be getting the day off. I think that's how why, it works. Why would they be annoyed over it? The parents would be more annoyed if it was on a Friday because they'd have a problem finding uh, childminders for their children. I, this, I, this is one of the things I feel was correct, uh, uh, Pat. Having an election on a Saturday is a sensible thing, and it would even be more sensible if we had the stomach to tolerate on a Sunday, because then the normal working week could follow when people could go and do a count or and an I election count without teachers, paying them several times. Teachers, school teachers in over the country were used to getting a day off anyhow, so that, that went for them, but as you said, there, there's all sorts of things anyway. Now, I've heard all kinds of names who's going, and I suppose, Richard, I don't know who your name has been mentioned, and, and you were reasonably close when you ran as a, was it an independent or independent fan of all? Independent councillor, I ran in the last local election, and from the 2014, I doubled my vote uh, as an independent in the Derrickhill district. Yeah, but the last uh, Dáil election, the last you Dáil ran as? As an independent fan of all. Mm. And, and this time you're going to run, I take it? Independent. Not independent fan of all. I'm running independent. Um... What's the difference between independent Fianna Fáil and independent? You see, an independent, at the time, uh, Fianna Fáil wouldn't allow me to run in the, in the general election. Um, so I ran as, as an independent Fianna Fáil because I had an awful lot of people that supported me from Fianna Fáil. At the time. But since um, in the last local election I ran as an independent because I believe you have to be true to yourself and you have to be accountable to yourself for your actions. So I was told after the last election that I would not ever get my seat back again because I had left all uh, ties with the party. And we managed to double our vote in the Derrickhill district. So the people of Derrickhill looked up what we were doing for the last number of years. I'm on the ground, I'm with the people, I work with people, I work with all parties and none for the betterment of Limerick. And it showed on the last local election what can be achieved by doing so, so much. And I'm a lot happier going out to people and doing the work for, all, as I said, all parties and none. But why would you leave, uh, we'll say, you, you'd be much safer and you'd have a financial backing and everything like that with a political party behind you, the funding, the <laughs> Cummins, Fianna Fáil? No, no. It goes back to a bit like the system that you were talking about. Um, 
there's a lot of the systems are broken and they've been handled by two or three people within a party and some people that want to run that would be brilliant for a party aren't allowed run because of the old politics that stays there and I won't be a part of that um, I'm a true voice for the people and I won't be a part of any party that will tell me when to say something and when not to say something it goes back to what Tom just said a while ago there's all party politics there that you go to Dublin as a member of a party you've only got one voice because when the leader turns around and tells you that you have to tow the party line and you have to tow the party whip your voice is gone as an independent you can go and do what you want you can align yourself with a party and vote with them for the betterment of your area but you are having your true thoughts being heard and I want my true thoughts being heard and the people that voted me in, I want their thoughts held. And the people of County Limerick that have backed me all the way along to here, I'm a true voice. And I said, Jerome, you recently left your party. Mm-hmm. And I've worked very, very well with you and I see how hard Jerome works in his area. And if there was something that I had to work with, with Jerome, I have no problem with it. We've done a, a run there recently for a memorial run for Francie Mead and Rackheel. Um, they were good friends of Adam Teskey's. And they asked me to know what I do a run to raise money because Francie was so well thought of in the area for the Columbus Bonus Houses and for Midwest Cancer. And I asked them, when I was at the meeting, they called me to a meeting, I said, is Adam, go- is Adam going to help? And they turned around and asked me, do you mind? Mm-hmm. I said, of course I don't mind. We raised 44,000 on that weekend for two major charities by working together. As I said before, all parties are none for the betterment of Limerick. Tom Ryan, um, you and I and everybody here over the past 12 months, for strangely enough, has discussed this Fianna Fáil situation and Eddie Ryan, who has been probably a reasonably regular panellist anyway on here with us for many, many a night. And he lives in Galbany. He's a county councillor. And... Um, if, if I read it right, recall it properly, I think around this time of the year, indeed, 12 months ago, Fianna Fáil had a convention and he was, he got 77 votes or 78 and his next door runner-up behind him got less than 10. And it baffled me for many and many a month and it has been baffled me now for 12 months that we still don't know who the second candidate is supposed to run for Fianna Fáil and now the election is called. Yeah, well, I... Excuse <coughs> me, sorry. I, w- I wouldn't be too worried about, uh, about the, the internal uh, position of Fianna Fáil, what to do. I mean, this is going on for 12 months now. It is a nonsense as regards. As, as regards. I'm sure that, that a lot of the party activists are, are very annoyed that this hasn't, there's, there's no leadership being showed locally. And certainly Michal Martin hasn't covered himself in glory, not the Fianna Fáil headquarters either. But uh, like an actual fact... Uh, it looks like as if there will be one candidate. You know, there is some article in, in this week's edition of uh, one of the papers there, and uh, you nearly cry to read it, like, about people are so upset that there is only one candidate. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of an insult, I think, to people's intelligence and people's integrity. But look, that's their own business. At the end of the day, it, it, every seat is just to be fought for. And, uh, but, Tom, makes, yeah. sorry, come in now. 
they had a convention to select a second candidate. Yeah, yes, and actually, yeah. the second candidate got 78 votes. But Pat, hold on. Let it was 70 ahead yeah, of the other let guy. Me call, yeah, we know it. That's and facts. How does matter. it not? That's, that's facts. But Pat, that's a, a matter for to be asked to the Fianna Fáil hierarchy, in the, both in the county and in, and in at national headquarters. They haven't answered it. So not to worry about it. Don't even be talking about it. But I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But I, I'm still, how, I can't understand how it works. So if you have a convention yeah. to select a second candidate, yeah. he wins by 70 votes, yeah. and 12 months after, he's not <coughs> given to go ahead. Yeah, but Just, it wouldn't happen out in Cuba or Russia, the likes of that. In, in our career, it couldn't happen. <laughs> but so look, that's, that's themselves. But what that's about all these card-carrying members that sit there like, Sheep or dummies that are out in Jordan and shout. But sure, they can decide on that. I mean, on the, on the, on the, on the eight, is this is the. Tom, it's an affront to the card-carrying members that Pat refers to, because they wasted an evening going to that convention. Of course they did, What yeah. business had they at a convention? They didn't select the person that the liberal elite, I would describe, of Fianna Fáil yeah. wanted, and they didn't particularly uh, a, a, agree with some of the people very, board. very strong values that Eddie Ryan happens to have. Yeah. And that really is the kernel of the problem in <laughs> Fianna Fáil. Um, the colour of his eyes aren't probably right for the people in Cork. But you listen, uh, Jerome, look, the pe- let the people decide that themselves. Oh, I agree. I mean, if but, that is, but, the, but if but that Tom, is the core Tom, thinking Tom. of the party that are looking to take over then, government, well then people should, should come out and then, say, look, this is what we're dealing with. But then, Tom, in fairness to Eddie, and if I, I'm not, but if I was, I would probably have said goodbye. I would have put them on three weeks' notice, as I did with Fine Gael, and <laughs> gone away and done my own thing. Of three weeks after that selection convention. Because you can't hang around like a prune for nine months and wait to decay. But Eddie has got plenty of opportunities to do that. This is, this is nearly 12 months ago since this convention was held. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Like, but to look, it leaves the situation. I mean, it, I mean if they're happy in headquarters... It's as simple as this. We'll Fianna Fáil, we'll the Fianna organisation do not want a second TD in Limerick constituency for some reason or another. But the Fianna Fáil organisation selected a second one, Jerome. We're not, we not listening, Jerome. We're aware that they had somebody who got a decent vote, but the hierarchy of the party didn't agree with the with the democratic decision here in Limerick. Yes. Full stop. But Fianna Fáil headquarters, I believe, they had a convention on the pro-life and... and well, uh, the majority of people decided me, they were going to one vi- way and, want, and it was... Do, an, uh, do you want me to visit South Tipperary and the Fine Gael organisation down they're, there? They're no better, yeah. They're worse it down is there. They two candidates from right beside one another. One nouveau riche woman that came in from Dublin or somewhere and they insisted on putting her on the ticket. They have good councillors in Tipperary. Is now is it? Now you're talking She's about on the ticket. Uh, uh, Miss Newman, I'll name her, uh, on the ticket. And they have plenty of councillors that could do a good job in is Tipperary. She's sister, has she? She has a sister. Right, we'll hold it there now. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And it is 10 o'clock, and we'll go to an ad break, and we'll be back to you shortly. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM on County Views. This program is going out live until 10 o'clock on this Wednesday night, being repeated tomorrow at 7 o'clock. 0696600 if you want to contact us, or 0871669800. And when you're sending in text messages, I have a few here in front of me. We would like if you put your name on them. And over now to Jason. 
You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. You are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 15th of January 2019 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. As this is a County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Now, welcome back, and we were in a bit of a quandary there. Jerome, you were talking about this Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the gender quota. You're saying there's not enough women there, is it? Uh, no, I didn't say that. I, I'm all in favour of uh, ladies and at all, but they have to be proven uh, uh, people. And I think uh, most people that go into national politics need a good grounding at local government, because if you don't understand the housing uh, process, uh, we had a, an example of a TD above in Cork Northwest who had never been in a council, she lasted one term and lost her seat. And I would put it down to, and she was a Finnegal TD, and I would put it down to gender balance. She was thrown into the mix for gender purposes. Lovely lady, a lovely lady, but uh, it wasn't on the ground. In fact, there was a little uh, lap dancing incident in the doll, you may recall it, a number of years ago, I think it involved her. I thought we were sitting on his lap, she was... That's the call, that lap, that, they call that, that lap, lap yes, dancing, Pat. Have, you, the lap, ever, have you ever gone to a lap dancing club? The lap, all go right. down the West End the next time you go to London, you'll have a good night. If you're looking at it, right, and across the board... There's people making decisions for this country, bylaws for driving laws, and they've never held a license. Oh, yes. They never, ha- they never had, a hel- had a car, and they're making driving laws for this country. Minister for children, who never had children. Maybe minister for farming, who never had a farm to land. And so where sorry, are we going? Sorry, who never had a, a male husband. <laughs> sorry, Jerome? I don't think she had a male husband, as far as I'm aware. But it, it so, got- you know, I'd like to think a lady that has children has a male husband. You have me there, Jerome. Now, there's, anything goes now, does you know, there's all kinds of combinations. Now, back to the text machine a minute, yeah. lads. Mike Cusick for the more call. Tom Ryan is spot on. Totally agree with Tom Ryan. We don't have the resources and the law in this country. County is above, about collecting fines on small matters like NCT, etc. Not going about the big matters. Any chance that Tom is going to run for election this time? High panel, as you know, the election campaign has started uh, now that our politicians are, do the, do, uh, do ye know that our politicians are in breach of the law regarding postering? What we need in relation to crime and drugs is therefore penalties. Put them away for a long time. Don't make it easy for the criminals. John Egan. And thank you, John. And good evening, Pat and Tom. Nice to hear you by us there again as I listen with interest to your great topical show. Hi, the panel. And if my hero, Tom, is going for this election, I'd give him my number one body the port. So that's two after you to go anywhere, Tom. Thanks, Polly. <laughs> now, this Fianna Fáil thing, I can't get my head around. That Eddie Ryan was selected last January 
with 70 votes on his nearest. So therefore you have two. It seems simple and clear that he should have been declared the candidate and he should have been attended all functions, etc. for the past 12 months. That's how I thought it used to work. It should be out canvassing for the last Now I know many Fianna Fáil people in Arden, every place around the place, and are part of the Commons that they tell me Fianna Fáil had Commons everywhere once upon a time and now I think they've only the one left in Newcastle West Town. If I'm, I hope why, I'm, why would they have a common if this, is a, if this is the way they're going to be treated? And they as? tell me that they raised it and they said it and they raised it and they listened to them and then they ignored them. But isn't it a very serious threat to which, democracy if that... Sorry? More than that, because if you go back, and, and it was one of the reasons I had to pull away from the party, was what was happening within the party. At the last um, general election in 2016, um, there was 13 Fianna Fáil councillors and it was agreed within the councillors that they would take a vote within the room and to know would they look for a second candidate back then. And there was a vote taken in the room and, and we said the majority of the vote, then we would send the letter to uh, Fianna Fáil headquarters. 2832 Mount Street. Right. Uh, at the time... Uh, the letter was signed. It was one seven six or seven five. That at the time I think there was one person wasn't in the room, and that letter was to be sent to Dublin. It was never acknowledged when it got to Dublin that the letter even arrived. So the councillors that represent the party sent a letter with a majority from the Fianna Fáil party to Dublin, and it was never even acknowledged that it was the case. And after that, there was a general election. I ran, Emmett O'Brien ran, and it showed on the grounds... But was there not a convention or something before that? There was an Selection th business. There was a selection business before that, but it's the same thing. They didn't want a second candidate running because they said they hadn't the numbers on the ground. And if you look at the percentages that were there, they came out with 42% of the vote and elected one. Fine Gael had something like 33 or 34 and elected two. Doesn't make sense. But uh, sorry, the Fianna Fáil men, as far as I know, may have advised people to vote number two for a certain Fianna Gael candidate. And and other candidates across the board, yeah. when they went out doing their campaign, we'd have to be careful now, lads. We have to be careful now about comments like that, yeah. Jerome, because mm. it's not right to pass comments on no, somebody. Well, it happened in, in, an, here, it happened in another constituency also. Yeah. Close by. But that, that but can you happen see, with all parties. But, but you see, so all parties but can do par it. Part yeah. of the difficulty, Pat, mm -hmm. and if we go back to Mussolini, he had a saying, una dolce, una vodka, one leader, one voice. And that's how it has become, both in Fine Gael at local level and, uh, both and, and in Fine Fáil. But there seems to be confusion who the voice is, I think, in those parties anyway, but it is the man but that you, see, you think the of. The, or structure, the, man the structures are f have fallen by the wayside. That's what's gone wrong. Yeah. You, 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 you nailed it on the head a while ago. The com uh, when a convention is held and you have the commons, the commons had their voice and they nominated at the time there was three votes and Eddie Ryan came in with 78 votes. Being the second highest candidate, it should be automatic that that person should be put yeah. on. Eddie Ryan is a good man. He's a good councillor. He's a hard-working councillor. He followed the system. And the system has left him down. He's worked hard as a councillor. And he was denied in 2016 to run. And now they're denied it again. 
and they're leaving it so late that they'll try and probably add someone just for the sake of it and they're saying that that he should have he should have been on a ticket to run everyone is entitled to run and if they follow the system and given a fair chance and given a fair chance yeah. within a party system yeah. Where, yeah. The, where the members of that party no matter if it's Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael if they elect select two the two highest ones from their from their members end of story end of story yeah. and regardless what party it is so he's been hard done by mm. yeah but no, then no, again we keep talking about this I don't think really it's relevant here tonight for us to be discussing what they do in Fianna Fáil or, or well, democracy is important or Think, yeah, well, know. democracy, you and, see, and, democracy, Pat, I mean, it's the same, I mean, from what I can learn from Jerome, it's the same in Fine Gael. But it is, yeah, you know, that's so about so it. Like it. Mean, no no question about that. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. therefore, we have two yeah, dictators, yeah, yeah. so like. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. concur with Tom. Yeah. While we're talking about them, they're winning. They're winning, yes. Because all publicity is good publicity. Of course. That, and I, I would say, like, that it's, well, it is a total... 2020 now, and we're in we're entering into a new decade, and I would sincerely hope, like that, you know, with what we've all learned down the years through history and through past history and recent history, and uh, especially like uh, throughout the country, and we see the direction every every aspect of society is going. Is it not time to say, look, let's stop here and let's really look at what we do when we walk into that ballot box on. The, on the seven, on the eighth of February. Now, what we might have a, a great choice, but there, there there are choices. There are there are a lot of people putting forward their names. But if you listen, since this election was called yesterday, the nonsense and the arguments on national TV, they have you see what they have done now again. They have they have that they're really fooling the people now. It is about housing now and it is about homelessness and it is about you know, it's really and truly like I mean, they're focusing this now, or oh, we'll build more houses than ye and it's the year fault that we found a country in eleven years ago, like I took off the limit team in nineteen ninety four and I, I it wasn't much good for me to be saying like, Oh well this is now there's a lot of harm done here before I came in and, and I got and I got I, I got short shaped. You should have been taken to credit for the All Island because you had the you had uh, <laughs> but to see, done. like the nonsense that's going on. Yeah. It's the quality of people we that should, we want. We should be talking about family values. We should be talking about keeping law and order. And we should be talking about, and I hate to say it, uh, maybe looking at what was the success in the past time. We should, oh, yes. But we've had we've had few successes. Okay, our industrial revolution has worked out well I mean, for us. There are more people in jobs. Like, But... Society and what keeps society together is crumbling. It's actually gone now, nearly. We're talking about it here all night. Yeah. Now, in saying that, Jerome and Richie, you're two councillors, like, mm. you can't be shouting and roaring about what you're going to do because, I mean, what what society what? have you built at local level for the past how many years are you in the council? I'm, four, I'm 15 years in the council. And how many are you, are you the chief? Six. Six. Okay. I mean, what houses have we built? What have we done about the rural situation, about the houses, about how? for people about the homelessness in Limerick. We had right? this morning. And just let me finish. And what about this whistleblower that you're all under, that you're all under legal, legal, 
what you call attack that you can mention it or you can fraud up. What's going on there, like? Who's the whistle? I haven't, I'm not. Oh, you're well aware of it because all the councillors are aware of it. And I'm you ask the question there, what have we done? Whistle yes, right. yeah. within, within my restraints as a councillor, what I have done is I've brought communities together to help build their own communities, help work for them, help them get their businesses open, help them get people into their business, into the towns and villages. I've helped people that the system has left down to raise funds for people that were suffering from cancer, that the system would not cover them to try and get them the treatment that they rightly deserve. For a young child that can sit up or stand up, we go out on a regular basis and we go out and we fundraise for these people because the system has left them down. Now, what I have done, and people often say to me, why are you involved in vintage? Vintage is our heritage. And you went back then that you had the team in 94. And I followed you then. And I follow John Kiley now because you're doing good for Limerick and you're representing Limerick. And that's what I'm about. Yeah, but, but, but no, let me finish now. Yeah, finish. What's okay, on this here? Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. I go out, I'm a, I'm a big follower of vintage because it's our heritage. It's our fathers, our mothers, our grandfathers, everything before us. And we're using this as a good way of raising funds. But I'm not only doing that. We're gathering people together to work together for the betterment of something else. When you get people together, we can move mountains. We can do things for the betterment of something. You talked about politics a while ago and there's commons closing down. I want to open up people to have their own values, their own thoughts, and that they look at me knowing that I try my best for my area, no matter who you are or what party you stand for, that I will go out and I will not judge you regardless and I will try my best. But I've done that for yeah. six years. There's no one denying that, Richard. Yes. Like, no one denying that and what you do is well, is well acknowledged. I'm not speaking about that. It's, it's, it's voluntary work and it's well worthwhile and it's a good job that your people are, are there. We're all involved in, in yes. different types of voluntary work. I'm talking about national and local politics. Well, the That's what I'm the talking problem, about. Tom, is where local politicians. Right. We can sort out, hopefully, housing issues. But you're uh, not doing it. That's I, yes, very it. definitely. Very, very definitely. I have people round to my... I mentioned the lady that was round 11 o'clock the other night. I have people round, and this week there are two people here in this town that got houses because of representations I'd made. I'm sure what it's the same think, there. Jerome, that you could do about if there was a, a holy down in Hennigan's house next door well, to 11 o'clock at night? I've gone into the council and I've taken it up because the people that are... The people that were tenanted to that... No, we want to be very clear on all of this. And I actually acknowledge the fact this morning at the council's housing workshop. When I came to the council 14, 15 years ago, and you're in town longer than I am, and you know where the hubs and the problem places are in town, the housing estates that didn't have the best names, I'm not going, there were three of them, and they were, and they were council estates originally, local so authority estates. I got estates. dead threats today, no, no, those no, 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 no. Today, they are the safest places to live in town because the council is in charge. The places that are or the is problem... it because the young, the ones, got, the young no, ones grew up and no, went down? No, 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 no. The problem today is those housing estates were developed where you have people that don't know the neighbour next door. They don't know who owns the house. It's rented to God knows whom, and things, that God knows whom is a problem. And that is wrong. rampant. Well, that's, wrong. Well, that's, that's wrong. wrong. There's, that's a, totally there's a lot of things, Jerome, that, they don't know. That is management. But the, but the question I'm putting to you, Jerome, mm -hmm. and to Richards, I have a file at home where I said, is that height? And it, it, it explains about a whistleblower in the Limerick County Council, City Council. Now, and 
the revelations in that are shocking. Now, are you telling me across this table that you haven't a copy of that, no, or you know nothing about it? Nobody brought the file to me, and I'm not aware of it. Were you? Were you? Were no, you yes, I'm aware of a whistleblower issue with regard to protection money being paid was in Dublin. Yeah, well, this is about protection money, Todd. Well, you see, that uh, I don't yeah. know what well, you're talking well, about. It's amazing that because everybody, every councillor well, got a solicitor's letter and got a, a, a what in, in order that they couldn't discuss this. So, like, I, I have both letters. I have I'm the letters and I have the file. So, I mean, if you're telling me and Richard is telling me that you're going to do this and do that nationally, we want to start at home. Well, I'd like to see the file uh, that you have. Well, I have. It yeah. is there. Yeah, and everybody has it. Have you got a Richard? Have you no. seen it, Richard? You no. didn't see it either. No. You didn't, you didn't get a letter no, from a no, solicitor? No. no. No, yeah. Okay. But I will tell you this now, because you'll be talking about different things. Like what are you going to do nationally and all that stuff? You've just said it yourself. If you want to work on nationally, you have to first know what's happening on the ground. Correct. I'm self-employed from a very early age, so I know what's on the ground. I run a business. I get up every morning, half past six, and I go to work the same as everyone else. And I run a business and I have employees. And I'm self-employed over 25 years now. I've met hard times, I've met good times, I've met hard times again. But the bottom line is, I've been on the ground. I mightn't have an education as education, but I have an education in life. And if you look at the moment, what has caused the problems in this country is people that are over-educated, that know nothing about rural Ireland, they've closed us down. You asked about housing. What are we doing about housing? Jerome gave you some, for instance, there. In Ballangarry at the moment, there's been two houses CPO'd because they've been sitting there idle for years. They've tried everything. No, yeah, and yeah. I wait, no, wait for this. I'm listening to there's been five houses got in Croom, and now the main street of Croom is now being rebuilt for the work. It might have taken us a year or two or three to find out what was going on and getting the system working. But now we have a dereliction. Um, how many un- how many unoccupied houses are in the, under the jurisdiction of the city and county council? Of city and county council, I couldn't tell you, but under the Derek Hill district, they have only 47 names. But there is actually that's about over, 250. That's 480 houses, I mean, and apartments like yeah. uh, unoccupied under the jurisdiction mm-hmm. of the in the area. Now, if you tell me, if you can go into a, into a, a county a, I mean, county council meeting and sit down and listen to a county manager dictating about uh, to you about budgets and about like plans, like the like the actual hanging gardens and all that kind of stuff, and let me sit yourself falling down yourself inside, absolutely collapsing on top of the people, like and. Uh, I mean, it's the job of the council to, to challenge those and ensure that, that we're going in the right direction. I don't believe that the city or county council are doing that. They have too many issues. There's too many. Every job that's got is handed out to this consultant, that consultant, which, and architects that should be employed by the council, and that and engineers that are employed by the council, but they're subletting the work. You look at the Tom, moment, Tom. I was the 2030 was set up to help rebuild Limerick City. And it has started. Yeah. Look, go down Henry Street and see uh, the buildings uh, we've, we've, and have tenants in every one of them. We've it had, starts to rebuild Limerick. We've had this discussion before, Tom. And if if it hadn't been for Con Murray, yes. and, I, and I'll hand it to him, if it hadn't been for Con Murray, we wouldn't have seen the reinvigoration of places like the Hanging Gardens, the Granary and all of that. That is a cash cow that will generate income for the council into the future. We have to have income. Now, Are you if joking I can go, me, Jerome? If I can go, if you're I, joking me. I'm a dead I mean, serious. I mean, there's people... I'm there's dead people 
sleeping doorways. That people look for the houses. Completely you can, different you can spend, issue. It's not a different issue. It's a completely different it's not, issue. It's you never have a was. housing directorate inside in that council that needs to get their act together on that. I spent, What's your job? I sp- no. My job is well, to supervise it my job. and to ensure I that spent, it's done. I spent two and a half hours. The leaders of the, the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael group didn't bother their tails to come to the meeting this morning discussing that. Correct. That's they, good to hear that. One of them didn't even yes. send an apology. The other fellow arrived at half eleven when we'd spent an hour and a half discussing to throw something into the mix. But, this is what you're dealing with. But Tom, so, you're just there now at you know, the moment, right? And you've just tarnished everyone with one brush. That's what, no, you've actually tarnished. How do you mean? Everyone wants yeah. to. Ye, ye are responsible for this. Ye are responsible yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, but literature for the people to do that. Why are we part of the sitting here as independents? Yes. Yeah. Because we were, we were with a useless bunch of people, a useless leader of a Fine Gael group, absolutely useless, in it for what he could get out of it himself, did you're, nothing for anybody, I mean, not even the members. You did right. And, uh, and, yeah. and some people, some people are in their job too long, you know? Exactly. Well, listen, Jerome, you're not sitting in front of me, Ty. We're all discussing yes. And we're all there for the good of death. You, uh, Tom, of the, Tom, you're personalising it. Not though, personalizing you know, it. Not at all. I wouldn't dream of doing that. We have to. Take I didn't part in the debate, take yes. up the challenge, and see like that, we, that we're there. And there are a lot of people listening, and yes, they like good, the debate. Good. And you're well able to able to protect put yourself and across. put your case across. And so is Richard. And that's what we want. And and a bit of a testing out here is no harm for, oh, yeah, for us all. You see, I'll always rise to a challenge. Co- we can't be cowed down. I'll, I'll always rise to a challenge. I've no problem with that. Down. And I've always had a motto: we never let the buggers get to us. If they sit in their tail oh, and do nothing, I, well. Yes. We but you it. did, did you not get the burgers get you when you just left them? Oh, you couldn't straighten well, them out. Well, I wouldn't see it that Stood way up. at all. Yeah. There was no you point. Are, you ran away. There was no point in sitting in a sinking ship waiting to drown. But Eddie Ryan stayed in it, didn't he? Well, you'll have to ask that question. Eddie, Eddie Ryan. That we've discussed that. Now, back to this uh, thing again, this machine in front of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the reason that uh, Healy Ray's came to power in Kerry was because of the behaviour of political parties who wouldn't listen to the delegates. They left Fianna Fáil. There's no Fianna Fáil TD in Kerry, I think. Is that right? It's Brazil. Is there no Fianna Gael, so? Uh, there is one Fine Gael, one, one Fine Gael, Fine Gael, Fine Gael. Two and one Sinn Féin. Oh, yeah. yeah thanks, Jerome. So, but, and but Michael Lowry done the same because uh, yeah. Mr. McGinn. And what have they done? And Matty McGrath did Matthew the same. Yeah. And what have they done? Matty McGrath now was very similar to my friend or our friend, Eddie Ryan, yes. who was selected and they tried to deselect no, him at Matt, the time. No, in fairness to Matty McGrath, he was elected as a Fianna Fáil TD. No, before that. Before he was elected. Well, he may. I can't comment on what happened, but he was elected for the first time a Fianna Fáil TD in 2007. And then he saw the... He was. He saw the writing on the wall between... He did. He saw the writing in the wall before the lack of governance back in the Lenehan Cowan days, and he left. Well, there's no one denying, like, you need, ch- you see, uh, I agree 100% with Richard and, and yourself and, and as regards to even parties, like, I mean, like, I've, I've been often involved in different associations, so, including our friends in the GA, and I've had, and I've had many rows and I've stood up and, but, you know, really and truly, it's the right thing to do, not to be subdued or, or be, you know, and, and especially when things are not being carried out like correctly. You have to have character and you have to have integrity, and that's what's lacking. We're lacking that at the top 
and we're lacking it locally. Well, we're not lacking it here tonight. Oh, well, it's engendered in gentlemen, parties, gentlemen, I, and I, they want they, they want the the members to be the famous word that's used nowadays, homogeneous. homogeneous. Yes, yes, all yeah. be the same, gentlemen. Yes. Uh, what I seem to have seen, I've been involved in the GA. I was secretary to the Holden Club when I was 18 many years ago, 52 years ago, 54 years ago. To be more honest about it, and in them days, I went into Innes <coughs> as delegates representing the club, and literally all the clubs in the county came to conventions and meetings, and we all had our say, and there was votes. And other organisations that I have been involved in in between, not so much now as big as the GA, but gradually I've noticed in literally all of them, all the power was taken to the top table. And then the, there was little subcommittees, and they were done away with. And now you have the, all the decisions seem to be made with a few on the top, and the delegates, as it used to be, they, they are no longer have any real say, Tom, across the board, be the GA or anything else. Yeah, now. well, that's, that, that, has, that, that trend has, has now become... Taken away the power the, completely from the people and the, 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 the people. The status quo. Yeah, and, and you see, you can see that. You can see that as it's best even, like, when we look at the, at the, at, at the cabinet section, of, look, you know, what's, what's going to be the difference now between the cabinets that we have now who have who, are, who have actually presided over for the last nine years now a disaster situation? I would think, you know, for me, you know, it's... A, I'm supposed to say to you, Tom, when you said that, and the ones that were there, the four or five, oh, no, no, just as bad. Oh, I'm coming, Tom, are the ones that come down the road, you see. And if you're going, like, I mean, competence, like Richard mentioned while ago about education, I mean, education is like, it has nothing to do with this. This is about integrity, this is about about work rate, it's about it, what we, what, what people sense. are, what people are, are able to do and and will do. You can see very well educated people, and uh, you know we have them there talking like I mean every day, every day the television, and they can hardly understand themselves when they're finished. They're only shouting about 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 nothing. The big issues are that. Uh, as you rightly said, Pat, when control comes into uh, into the top entrance of any organisation, we saw what happened in the Fisher, we saw what happened there. Same like, thing, I mean, yeah. every involved in every crossroads in every village in the country, we saw what happened in the IFA. And, and Tom, to a degree, hasn't it failed? Because they were out in their tractors, uh, if you like, another group failure, yeah. so it Collapsed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Collapsed completely. Yeah. And you should look at the IFA. That's the point I mean, I'm making, yes. that the IFA's mission the GA, has failed as well. Who knows what's the GA at? No one. So I mean, I can't, can't you can't even ask the FBI question. the best example of the yeah, loss? Uh, that yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. we have a government uh, prepared to back them for 70 million. 70 million? You're prepared, prepared to, to, to walk out door from? To save a handful of jobs. Yeah, well, to save a handful Sam's of jobs. Ten gentlemen, yeah. you're tuned to West Limerick 102 of Fingham, broadcasting here from Newcastle West, and I'm joined by Councillor Jerome Scanlon, independent and independent councillor... <coughs> Richard O'Donoghue, who has declared himself an election candidate in this forthcoming election on the Limerick West constituency, that's what it's called, is it? Limerick, Limerick West County, County. I call it. Limerick County, that's what it's called now, yeah. Well, it goes from Galbally all the way to Glen, which is an awful long way, like it's a huge constituency. And is about right on foot of the counties. And if you look at it at the moment, with a three-week lead in time to an election, um, <coughs> the one thing I'm disappointed about on this is... This election being called over three weeks does not give new candidates the chance to get out of course not, to yeah, meet people yeah, on the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. But the one good thing about the new, new, new um, social media, people are not fools. Time they have seen yeah. for the last number of years what you're doing, where you're going, and are you, are you a person that's good on the ground? So now we'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. 
You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. You are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 15th of January 2019 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. As this is a County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Welcome back, listeners. <coughs> and now we have one candidate declared. I believe there's quite a large number of them going from what I can gather as well. So I suppose we'll wait till next week to give to the, get the official, picture, yeah. to give the yeah. official yeah. proper list at this point yeah. in time. But Richard, I don't know who as your one that are going, and I've been ranting about it here for quite some time. About John O'Donoghue some years ago came out about zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. And Tom and I, especially me, I think more so. I find it totally unacceptable and shocking. We mentioned at the beginning of the programme here tonight that the crime rate, now murder rate, and now people being mutilated. And it's literally taken as for granted there isn't a hassle. The man that was chopped up in Cork there recently and scattered bits and pieces of him everywhere. I haven't heard of anybody being arrested in that case. We had him being burned inside in tents. The, the court case that's running currently with regard to the Mrs. O'Connor and yeah, the Waterford Wexford burial and, and the being area. exhumed and uh, packaged and, and spread around the Wicklow Mountains. That never happened in Ireland. In no. the, the, so did this modern society politically correct and all this nonsense? The whole thing is kind of bonkers. But to see, Pat, that is like, uh, and Richard like has raised already here, we say we're rural. I mean, we're listening. We turn on the radio any morning there in national news and you see shocking, shocking incidents happening in, now in the most unusual places that you'd never hear of crime, as you mentioned already in the programme. Now, you have you have open warfare in Dublin. I mean, our capital city. Riddled with drug dealers in the middle of the city. Gun crime shooting. Uh, we have it in Drogheda. We've already said that. But you see, why, like, is this being tolerated? I, d- I didn't hear anyone talking about it at all. No, are people, are, are, our, are our public representatives now afraid to talk? Um, are they afraid? Nobody is talking about returning to family values. And nobody is talking about failed relationships, complicated relationships. There are children, and I, I think I might be repeating myself. There are children that don't know the other halves, uh, uh, their half-siblings from the other half. This is a problem. Uh, it's a societal problem. And this is half, in my view, half the cause of uh, where we find ourselves. It's no doubt this has gone on for the yeah. last 25 or 30 years. There's no doubt where where I grew up, yeah. and, and we've gone from one extreme to the other, yeah. it was a stain to, uh, to be an, a single parent, okay? It was a stain in the 60s and 70s. That was wrong. But now we're gone to the other extreme, and it's fashionable and acceptable. Well, an awful lot of this is a lot to, to, to do with connectivity to, for the younger generation to internet. And you'll be talking about mutilation all the, of bodies, right? They now, at the press of a button, can see what's happening in different countries, where this is actually fairly frequent in different countries. And it's like a mirror image. 
of what they're doing in other countries, they're trying, they're starting to do it here. A lot of this is copycat. A lot of this is to do with the drug crime and all the rest of it, and they're showing their strength to show this is what we do. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. you go back to it. The police force here have not got the capabilities or the staff to deal with those issues as we have it. So they need major, major investment. But, Rachel, Rachel, and but to is see, it if we time, look at is it, is it not time for somebody to come out and say, yeah. uh, you're talking about family values and no families and all kinds of gun wonkers, which yeah. it is. And if you say something about it, you're considered all fashion stupid. Prudish, but, prudish. But is it not time that someone said this is not on? Because as Tom said a while ago, it's like Chicago in the days. It's yeah. just gone bonkers it, like. And gone. nobody, yeah. nobody, as Tom said, we elected them, then there were them. Well, this is the point to see that uh, about it. If you look at it now, there, I mean, I, I've been, we've discussed this here numerous times, and I've mentioned, take for instance now this latest instance as an example. I watched programs now made by RT, films like in recent years, like, and in recent weeks and over the Christmas, and the violence and the drug, damn they, they were actually even mentioned Damdale in Dublin. They were filled with chainsaws cutting people. I mean, like, what's this? Is this straw dogs or something? Are we, we have, this has been promoted. And a man said to me today, a member of the God of Shikana, said to me, I discussed it with him this morning, we're talking about it this morning, and he said to me, he said, that's, that's, he, I, was, I was kind of arguing about this being shown on our national airwaves, you know, and the violence in it now frightened me, like, and I, and it was so real, they were very well done from a point of view of filmmaking, but I mean, but he said, sure, that's, the, that's what's going on. Now, he knows what's going on, like, because he's in the middle of it. There, there was a programme there, I think it was sometime late November, I happened to be in the in Castle Mahan for the uh, lottery draw. And there was an, an RT production where these two young fellas uh, purportedly to be in class were there in their pelt. It's love cheek. hate, I think, to call it. No, no, no. Is it not? Yeah, I know. Love hate is gone. And this was This is worse. But you see, but that's that's shocking example to any youngsters. They'll see that as the norm. But they look at it like. But the point, as Pat has said, you know, we have a we have a commissioner like uh, you know he's known the job he's he's well into now you know but I mean he's a, he was a policeman always and uh, the structures you you see that are there like are definitely not they're not able to solve the situation so why in other words don't we have our minister for justice or Taoiseach and said look we can't tolerate this this is affecting us it's affecting our tourism it's affecting uh, our local uh, population areas riddled with Drugs, no money, or no jobs, all on the dole, all selling drugs, and the whole thing collapsing. They haven't got their priorities right. Our Minister for Justice was too busy trying to decide whether we should honour the Black and Tans or not. Yes, well, I mean, that was, the other thing that was you an idea, no. like, of, you, of you, you mentioned at the start of the show, a lot of the stuff that, that they are facing now is, is revenue. Right, oh, yeah. and if you come in tomorrow morning and if you're doing five or ten kilometres over the speed <coughs> limit, right, you come in and you're stopped, and you get three points in your license. Correct. Right? Yeah. You get a fine of eighty euros. Yeah. And next thing, you'd, you're reinsured in your car, and your insurance company yes. hike up the money. Yeah. Because they use it as another tax to, to hike <coughs> up your money. You look in Galway at the moment and the clamping system that's going on in Galway and different counties around what they're doing. It's a German company that are doing the clamping. 
they actually tender for the clamping in each towns in the large cities. They they tender for this. So the money's not staying here. The money's going back to Germany. Yeah. But whatever about whatever about about the, I agree with you 100 percent cities foreign as well. In in the European situation. It's Swedish. Those you see, I mean the main issue is like we haven't got the people, we haven't got the men. We you mentioned it a while ago, like I mean about Pat about about these organizations. Our government, like, I mean, must be the most... And that that last government that ran before that, go back 20, 30, 40 yeah, years, yeah. there's an old Pell's Act that people have been put into jobs that they're not able to... They have to clue about. And, and even, like, you see, OK, you can say it is democracy, but democracy, you, Tom, I mean, like, comes in a lot of forms, Tom, Jerome. Yeah, Tom, you have, you have struck a vital chord there. Because when NAMA was set up, who did they put into NAMA's directors? Spring was one. Uh, Ray McSharry was another. Right. Alan Jukes All was pelves. another. None of them had ever lent to Bob or understood the lending system within banking. Yeah. But they got the plum jobs. Yeah. No wonder uh, the the, um, uh, the um, vultures came in later and they, they, as board members, decided we'll sell on these de- debts to the vultures. Half of the problem in this country, and that is still there, and that is a kernel in, the, in terms of the housing difficulty we have today. Yes, uh, correct. But the other thing, Jerome, and we were talking about education a while ago, how many people went from teaching into politics? Oh, yeah, people that never ran a business. How many publicans ran into politics? Ran running this country. Yeah. Auctioneers, and then, auctioneers as well. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And yeah. undertakers. Yeah, un, yeah. But went into politics. And they became. Rules they be, and regulations. They became teachers and they became finance ministers well, and all kinds and of things. And because they could talk well, they could read well, but they were very, very good at making policies to close us down. Yeah. But now, yeah. on top of that, Richard, you say, like, I mean, I certainly think like that. The wastage and the squandering of billions of euro in this country is criminal. That is that is the responsibility of our Minister for Finance. I mean, last week, now, to be honest about it, I heard John Morton, who is now head of our land procurement agency. He was in the central bank. He's a neighbour of mine. He lives uh, across the across the hedge. I, I, he never, I never spoke to the man, and I suppose I, he'd be a different level than me. But anyway, he he was then he was secretary of the Department of Finance. Now he's on a boat, and he was on last week on the national radio and local radio. Now I presume you were at that lunch, we? No. No. I'm shocked. I'm kind of after getting a kind of a model of my chest. Do you think I don't have a day's work to do? Uh, well, this was, a, this was a billion, billions of euro expansion in 100 acres where there, I don't know, around Corbus Station in Limerick, inside the middle of the city, but he's going to get 100 acres. He must be going to take well, over the people's right? path. Well, well, it is there, but there's houses in it and there's property in it. It isn't all. It isn't all. No, he was talking about spending billions. A way, fairy, a, a kind of a, a fairy tale two, two story. Was mentioned. Two billion and uh, no, and having the shilling then to go out and to look after the areas of disabilities or the areas of of homelessness, as we would talk about more. Hospitals. But on top of that, no. Drug trials. Yes, drug trials and drug support systems. But on top of that, Jimmy Jerome, last week we had the sweetener out by the Department of Sport. Uh, sport. They gave twenty million to. Conic Rugby. They have no 
backed up, I suppose, the FAI for another 70 million, mm-hmm. secured them uh, of today. Kind of rugby for a mind. Oh, own, own, a private company owned by Irish Rugby mm-hmm. and like the richest organisation, I suppose, in the world, in the rugby world, even. And that's some organisation. I think, Mr. Hill, that's a big, that's a big question. Should be what have any of our doll representatives done for this area in the past 30 years? Back then, we had more local industry than we have today. We see a few handouts of different organisations to keep the people sweet in the pretense that they are doing something, Christy Kelly. Pat, what do the panel think of the fourth and last week's leader of the group of people outside Bruff Garda station with their faces covered with ballot clavers to intimidate the Gardaí while two of their members were being held in the station for verbally abusing the Gardaí on the public road in Capamore, Mike Bow. Anyone familiar with that? Yeah, I saw, I saw it and I saw where those people actually, where there was, they went into the place where there was hunts being held and they went in. Who went in where the hunt was held? Uh, people that were masked went in, in to try and upset the, the hunting season and do what they were doing. That's horseback hunt, is it? But what they also done was that they terrorised families in their home because they were afraid to come out. There was children crying when they see mass people coming up in around their farms. This was in daylight hours. Yeah. yeah. And for people that are, are whatever, the, for they were whatever anti hunt, that, they were anti hunt, is it? Yeah. Well, they weren't anti hunt. They were hunt saboteurs. To be blunt about it, if they weren't prepared to show their face, they shouldn't be there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like what yeah. you said before, if you're going to stand up for what you believe in, show your face and stand up for it and don't be hiding it. Everybody, isn't, everybody is entitled to RT bans everyone except the government for Adkar and Martin from the leaders' debate. Is that public service broadcasting? It seems to be a closed shop to show out other vices. Now, I'm looking at this uh, before before anyone speaks next. I must mention the snooker extravaganza which we have here because this station, as you know, is something like the country itself is not in a financially strong position to pay the bills. So on February the 18th of February, Steve Davis and Dennis Taylor are playing here in Newcastle West. A wonderful pairing. And last year we had Steve Davis and Ken Doherty and it was a fantastic night's entertainment still being talked about. This year should be better because Dennis Taylor is the match for Steve Davis. Two gentlemen and Steve Davis did until happens one that night chatting with everyone and anyone and visited all the local hospitals as well. So we might bring him down to you, Tom, even when he's around. A, a lovely guy. So a wonderful night's entertainment. Tickets are 25 euros and you can also go in at 6 o'clock and have a chat and meet the guys and have things signed at 6 o'clock uh, with the two lads. That is on the 18th, so we Hopefully you will buy tickets for that one, please, and help to keep the radio going for another period of time. Anyhow, yes, Jerome. Once we're not distracted by uh, the country's inability to form a government on that night. I'd say and there'd be a protracted, a protracted it period. It is my opinion, lads, uh, for what my opinion is worth, that Sean Lemass, I think, was a wonderful leader, and De Valera was a wonderful leader, and, there was, uh, and uh, uh, we had a wonderful health man that time as well, uh, Noel Brown. Brown. They come to mind as being three wonderful leaders. But I, I feel personally that we haven't strong leadership in the country at the present time. But the proof of that is there. Yeah, the way it's falling apart. You wouldn't be a rocket rocket scientist to know what's happening to our leaders. That is really the problem. I mean, you go back to Hahi. I mean, look look at his record. I'm following him down the line. I mean... 
by that's where the rot's sitting. That's where the rot's sitting. We'll, we'll, we'll sit him before that well, as well, yeah, you see. Yeah. So we'll sit him before that because you see, you need competence, you need men with vision, you need men yeah. with honesty and integrity. Yeah. They, they died yeah. in this country, they, they got savaged. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned while you were about the black and tans, and we, went yeah. go, we were going on and on there. That'll tell you the people that are running the country like lost the plot and, uh, and have lost the plot. And we saw the, we saw then the actual <coughs> personalized cabinets that were that were all the pals act. You were appointed a minister because you might bring in a running mate. And all this nonsense and this is going on. So is the, in the time to say stop all that and say look well, let's look I, at I, this in order. We want men that have men. The chance of the eighth of February to make to make history here in Limerick and they could elect me as, as an independent, an independent Good. voice. And they, it, this voice goes back to the people of Limerick and it's the electorate is the people that make the choices. I think they have been sold to Pope for long enough. I think they can actually stand up to the plate and give a voice to Limerick, an independent voice, which is a voice of the people. Yeah, well, Uran is an independent as well in the county council uh, election, Richard, didn't yes. you? And uh, you had a good lot of, of funds to hand out. Hadn't you the kind of sweetness, like? Not really sweetness. How did that come about? But if you look at it, it's a GMA funding, right, that we, hand, that we have in our council. And you asked me to know what have we done within our council. We secured this GMA funding, which is usually would have been put back in within to the council. And I used it for community things that were not being funded. Yeah, but before we, an election, a fortnight, three weeks before an election, was that... Uh, would would you think Tom, that was Tom, okay? We actually done it the year before that as well, but Tom, Tom, and there was no election. We the same Tom, thing now at the moment year. with that's our there, ministers giving there. money here, there, and everywhere Which for the first time. That's what I'm saying. It's what happens in politics. Sorry, the best example of it is a million pint, sorry, a million pint two six for the running track. And I welcome it. It's great that it will be here in Newcastle West. But that little sweetener was saved for the day. It was announced last week. But to get Back to what Tom was talking about, and in my view, it was in 1977, everything went wrong here because we had a sale of the century uh, election where we offered uh, the elimination of car tax. Car tax went. Rates went. The dog poo went. Everything went. And as a consequence, that majority, that massive majority that Jack Lynch got... Did he get 77 seats, was it, that time? He did. He got 82 seats out of 144. And that was the worst uh, election result in terms of the history of this country. It was bad for democracy. It 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 came, comes back to the, the system. It totally it did. did, and it came back to where the ministries were going and the reason for the ministries going: power and money. But, but, Tom, but okay, Jerome, take you up on that. No one can no one can deny it. that was an absolute disgrace. I mean, that was uh, that was Jack Lynch, wasn't it? I mean, when they when they outbid one another for that. Trust the guy that got the two ducks from Charles. Yes. Was a, mi- a minister Donahue. You heard I mean, the story well, about yeah, the two but, but the boss man was Jack Lynch, like, and the thing. But as as uh, Pat has waxed lyrical about about De Valera and about Lemass, they presided over the most corrupt and the most unbelievable time in this country. When we look at our look at the history of the laundries, look at the history of the of the mother and baby homes. They were in charge of that. Don't, we should never forget that either. You see, so like, you can get carried away. A man in charge has to be in charge of everything. Uh, yeah, but we, we have to give credit to Sean Lamas for the... no credit for, uh, no, uh, I would for the programs. For those, can, sorry, that this type country, of... Sir Tom, when Tom, that type of, Tom, of activity was going on, uh, under their nose, uh, under their guidance, oh, yeah. under their patronage, you can't, in actual fact, go giving credit now, to anyone. I am that not was giving credit to De Valera. He slept with Archbishop McQuaid. 
afraid in terms of the church, and that was half the problem in terms of in terms of the difficulties the we have. You, you but they were the times, the and we can't. They were the, times they were the way the times were, unfortunately. But Tom, Tom Ryan, equally today, but scandal of cleaning that in the thing down there for the school, not industrial school, the, the, the modern day fines with the refugees. It's been closed down, yeah. Mount Trenchard. Mount Trenchard, yeah. yeah. Right. That's yes, the biggest scandal today in our town. And it is in the homelessness And this is yeah. modern Ireland of today. We've said it here over the past, since this programme was started. It's outrageous. Well, the way people are locked up for nine years, given every, a pittance. Everybody has blamed the church for that, and they have to hand, they have to carry the can. But they were all supervised. It was a money-making racket. The, the, the ministers in the, in the success, in the different governments at the time, all participated Tom, in that system. Tom, and that the system church, was rotten the church the r- virtually wrote the Constitution of Ireland in 1938. I agree with you. We can only that, hope the that there yeah. will be some improvement in the standard of, uh, of elected people in the next... Well, sure. Look, who's going to bet that, that there will be? People will, mean, get, people will get... You will get representations of what out there voting for them. You will, yes. You'll get what you exactly deserve. Because there. until the day here that people are that the people that are elected to do a job and to, that are elected and I wish Richard the very best. Yes. He could here, come in here tonight and he's faced, he's faced a, a good tough question and he has he's a tough oyster and he knows he knows the ropes and he knows he knows the problems as well. And I wish him all the best and we hope we'll see him again uh, like before the election. But and Jerome is top test as well. He's coming here we have had great debates here. He's been very honest and he, he, he'll, he'll give it as he sees it. And I must also congratulate him on his integrity for leaving a rotten situation that he could no longer tolerate. That has to be credited to him as well. But, like, you know, but until the people that are elected are made accountable... You know, and that are put into positions like of authority and that are held to account. Look, we, we look at the doll, look at the debates. It's embarrassing to sit down and watch. I mean, the Octus programs. No one in the chamber. Last week we had, or the, this was there before Christmas, I think you had, you had Michal Martin and Leo Vradikar, two only two in the chamber talking across. I mean, what country would have your Prime Minister and your leader of the opposition only in the chamber debating and they only laughing at people? That's all. Because, I mean, Leo Radical, like, really, I don't think he knows night from day. He do not know what he's doing. His ministers are all over the place. He has no control over them. No, he, no, he has to run for an election. And to the regards on throat, if any man thinks that the opposition are going to are going to fill the shoes and do the job that should be done, I think that'd be badly mistaken. Well, you see, well. Tom, the real problem is, and Michal Martin is the alternative, he sat through governance when the, uh, the monk yes. was hitting yeah. the fan, he for want of a better yeah, way sure. putting the whole it. Thing was collapsing, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know. oh, and now a snap election has been called, uh, has been called to, to give the electorate a very um, small uh, minority of candidates that can get up and get out to them, because they want a small turnout, they want to elect the same people that they've elected there already. But the electorate mm-hmm. will have to make the choice here. The electorate, if they're going to come out, the last election was 60-odd percent coming out. 60% of 100% is not high enough if you want to make change. If you want to make change, you've got to come up and step up and put your trust in something. What we've had to date has not worked. 
Why not try something different? They've done it in other counties. Why not do it here? Well, you see, the point about it is, like, on top of that, we have this program now is running here around two, nearly two years, Pat, is it? Yeah, two years, yeah. Well, listen to the program. And uh, we have three high-profile pol- national politicians. Patrick O'Donovan, who is a junior minister mm-hmm. and who has no problem in running to other stations and, you know, just speaking about his accent and things like that, and his speaking voice and other issues like that. Uh, we have Niall Collins, and uh, who, who we're talking about all night, who looks to be the only candidate. And uh, We never mentioned him all night, actually. Well, we're talking about him. We said we can mention the elephant. He was the elephant in the room all night, and we have Thomas Never. Any of them haven't sat at this table and have, have, have the guts or have the, have the interests of their constituents to come in and sit down and say, look, you, what you're saying is wrong, we don't agree with you, not it, then darken the door. And of it, their community. Of their community, that, that, that they're going around all with big signs and big cars crashing into one another, big music and all, to vote number one, this flag, vote number one. Good never man, good man, good man, good man, Tom Ryan, John Egan, a man who tells the truth. Good man, Tom, John Egan, he's the man who sent it in, a man who tells the truth. That's you now he's referring to. Thank you. <laughs> And good evening all. I don't think you should be wasting your time dwelling on the workings of Fianna Fáil after all that destroyed our economy and had to bring in people from outside the country to try and solve the mess they created. They gave away the deeds of the country and will be forever under the watch of the EU. Well, some people would say that that's a good way to be under the watch, under the BAI, because there's a man sitting here close to me and he said you wouldn't send them for a pint of milk. The tracker well were sent packing too soon. They should have been left stay for a couple of more years. <laughs> and they might left have left Just go do one thing that I brought out there recently, and it came out across the, the, the airwaves there recently about electric vehicles. Mm. There was um, an information um, seminar for for pe- people within the environment in, in, the, in the council in Kilkenny there about a month ago, six, six weeks ago. And they went to Kilkenny to, to listen to environments, telling them how good electric vehicles were. But at the end of the day, it's three times more harmful to us to, to charge an electric vehicle by the fossil fuels that we are burning in this country at the moment. And they then come on and tell us that the electric vehicles in 10 years' time will, will only be sold here. And the only thing they could come up with to say why the electric cars are so good is because of the stacks that they're burning, the fossil fuels, sends it up into the atmosphere above the exhaust. Three times more harmful yeah. to drive an electric vehicle at no, the moment than to drive a petrol On that point, on that point, the Greens, when they were in government... Uh, subsidi- had us uh, reduce the uh, the VRT on diesel vehicles. We now know the consequences of it. Diesel is more dangerous than they thought. Mm. There's cobalt and there's lithium in these uh, wonderful electric cars. None of us know what the repercussions longer term. Yeah. We were the people were around in the fifties and they were putting yeah. asbestos no, roofing on properties. Yeah. And they Today we know for, they wouldn't get a grant for galvanised, but they would for asbestos. The Dylan, and, and the Dylan, the Dylan hen house with the ten pound yes, grant. Yes, yes, you yes, heard yes, of yes, that? Yes, you were around in the fifties. Yeah, I often referred to the. And they had asbestos roofs. I often referred to Nachfir in the journal, which we published there some years ago, and one of the one of the little stories was contained in the, the lunatic 
lunatics were running the asylum but anyway Richard I don't know who made a point earlier on there that I meant to come back to he said about the three week short notice for the election and given, not giving no candidates any great bit of a chance to get themselves known that is in keeping with the comment Tom you and I discussed about the European election it went from Wicklow to Dingle or further down than Dingle which they hadn't a hope in hell of covering the area to be known and again it favoured uh, oh, sure. the name person who was well known in the first place it favoured the Wallace brand for example yeah. I, I canvassed yeah. in Maiden Street Newcastle West and I met people who were voting for Mr Wallace they never met him they didn't know that's right. his background so you have to be up so, you see that's how democracy works I think in Ireland is that how to say this yes. gentlemen it was a pleasure dealing with you Tom as usual thank you for coming you at no expense but great expense to yourself <laughs> and to Jerome uh, very hard working good local councillor good to be here and we'll bring Tom Ryan in one day and we'll show him exactly what we <coughs> do to bring 9 him to in 5 and, and uh, on to 11 o'clock and then, to Richard Tom. I don't know who the man probably he's a slight advantage in the election because he's the only man from the east side of the constituency going over towards Kilmallock direction which is doesn't seem to be a, we don't hear any candidates coming out of that area come as a man from the east and who followed the rising star <laughs> so, <laughs> so he hopes they will indeed so Richard we wish you the best of luck in the forthcoming election and hopefully you might join us again in not too distant future so again listeners just before we leave don't forget the snooker on the 18th it's a costly event to pr promote on the night and Steve Davis Dennis Taylor on that's on February the 18th there's still some tickets available so good night God bless and take care we hope we didn't deny too many of you too much good night God bless you are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 15th of January 2019 from 9.30 to 11pm Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Richard O'Donoghue and Jerome Scanlon. As this is a County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West.